your vision. It's not an easy. It's not easy what no. you do. You have a lot of passion towards it, and and most visionaries or entrepreneurs like yourself, it's it can be a struggle, right? Getting commitments and yep. and raising money, and it's it's what it takes to do good things in the community. All right, guys, I have today a very special guest. He's a guy that has brought a ton of motivation, not just to me, my businesses, but also my religion since I've been almost 15 years old. This guy is full of motivation and love. He he means his career is his passion. He is a pastor and a youth minister, which makes a ton of sense today. Um, he also he went to Hope Church at my early days, and that's where I was able to meet this special individual um, you know, working on UND campuses to working anywhere in the town of Grand Forks, you can see this guy with his fingerprints all over the community and all over my life. So here's to help. Uh, he's here to help making young lives better through a program called Young Lives, um, which is super special, and we'll dive deeper into that. But I have here in the studio today Keith Becker. I appreciate having you, man. Good to be here today. Cool, cool. I uh, so man, I. I we have good conversations. We do the Chick-fil-A conversations, and uh, <laughs> we at least do that annually, but maybe we can make that more often. But you got a lot going on for um, you know, a pastor. You're doing that plus more. And uh, anyway, I want to I talk, though, before we get into all of that, you got to tell people your story. You have a special one, and I want to make sure we all get to hear it. Oh, Mark, you're awesome, and it's weird to even hear you say pastor because we're friends first <laughs> and foremost, but yes, I did get that title along the way, yeah. and so uh, you go back in time. Uh, I'm a Grand Forks guy, uh, more or less like you. Uh, my parents and heritage is all here, but uh, they took jobs out of college in Minneapolis, and that's where I spent most of my growing up years was Minneapolis or in the Denver area, Okay, and so I have this experience where I have a little bit of ties to Grand Forks, but that I've lived in the big cities. Uh, I decided to come back and pursue my college degree here, kind of be like dad. I wanted his, he was a big business corporate guy. That's why we traveled around. And I was like, I want, I like that. I want to do that. So I came back did the business school thing here at UND, um, had a great experience in my days with UND and, uh, um, got a job out of college. It was a pretty good deal. It was 1990s, and there wasn't. There's was a bit of a slowdown in the economy, so I took a uh, position with a marketing firm out in New Jersey that my friend helped me get. Wow. And it was a crazy first job. Basically, I went around and traveled to college campuses and marketed like different products to college kids. Okay. And I can see now, looking back, how God was preparing me for what I do now a lot on college campuses and giving and just yeah. being able to present an opportunity or a, a gospel message of good news to yeah, students. Yeah, yeah. But I did that. And along the way, I started saying, you know, is there any way to integrate my faith with my, my business interests and calling? And I learned that there was some of these larger Christian organizations that needed a help in the business of ministry. Okay. And so I moved back to Colorado, took a position with one of those large companies and, or large organizations as a nonprofit. And I did that for about a decade. Wow. And along the way... They offered some free classes at the seminaries, and I was like, ah, I'm not a pastor, but you know, I've kind of always liked God, and I want to learn. Especially, there's this thing called the Old Testament yeah. that like no one understands, and, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I was like, I better take one of those classes, and uh, I did, and I was like, This the, is college. Or, no, this is after college. This is after college. Yeah, okay, is, you okay, got a so job. I, you're... So I've worked in the corporate world. I left the corporate world, and I then moved back to Colorado to take this position with this large nonprofit to help them run the business side of their ministry. Wow. And then I took these classes on the side. I got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there. yeah. So, um, yeah, stop me if I run too fast. I love well, that. Well, yeah, you're you're good. I want I want to talk about even your Minneapolis to Denver trip as a kid. I want to I want to know how you got to be Keith. 
Ah. All the way through. So before I want you to get too deep, I want you to talk about your young life of yourself. Okay. And how we can adapt that to who you're teaching today. Because obviously you had a vision when you were younger. Yeah, good good point, Mark. Well, you go back. Okay, the big it does start there. Yeah. You're right on. And I, yeah. I, I was I was running by it a little fast and glad you put the brakes on because if you go back when we moved yeah. from Minneapolis to Denver, I was in seventh grade. Seventh grade, okay. And that was my, my dad and you know, I was the oldest and he's like, Yeah, it's a little hard time to move the family, but we'll we'll Keith can figure out my younger sisters were fine and they, they adapted just fine. But I was the cool kid in Minneapolis and I moved to Denver and I got to tell you the, the kid next door was, I thought a cool kid. And the very first day we got on the bus, rode it to school. Cause I moved there right before school started. Yeah. And he's like on the bus, Keith, meet me at my lockers at the lunch hour. I'm like, okay. And we met and met him. And what did he want to do? He wanted to skip the second half of the day of school, ditch classes, and go to the local 7-Eleven and get some Slurpees. Slurpees! And, and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, my parents had raised me, you know, to be a good boy, whatever, and to pursue right things. Okay. And if you can remember those little imageries of a devil and an angel kind of thing. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I have the angel on my one shoulder saying, Keith, you know it's not right to skip school. And the devil on the other side saying, Go for it. Be cool. You're going to have a great day, you know, missing class. And I was having this battle, and I was like, I go, okay, I don't want to be the weird kid the first day. I'm going to go with them. And we got, like, just off, almost off the property, and I couldn't do it. There was something in that, like, said, this is wrong, Keith. You can't do it. And I said, guys, I got to go back. And, of course, that didn't befriend me to those dudes. And for the rest of that semester, almost that whole seventh grade year, it was one of the worst points in my life because they berated me on that bus. They would make my life. I had a paper route and they would wait and for me to come around the corner and you know get help me with snowballs in the wintertime. Oh, man. And I was, it was just classic middle school meanness, right? Yeah. Seventh grade. Exactly. Yeah, right. And I was just like, and all for what I thought, you know, I was trying to do the right thing, right? Yeah. And I, I that changed the direction of my life so crazily because up until that point, Faith for me was something you just did because mom and dad brought you to church, right? You know, that, was, that was all. Okay. But at that point, I remember praying for the first time, like, God, wow. help me. Help me make friends. Help me not have to deal with these bullies, if you will. Yeah. Um, help me to know how to be the person I need to be. And I remember praying, and God didn't answer the prayer I wanted. I wanted us to move back to Minnesota where all my friends were. Yeah. And God did not do that. But God brought me to this little this, – uh, my parents made me go to a church, but there was a youth leader who had been with Young Life – and he knew to come to, he could see I was standing off in the distance. I didn't want to be connected. He could see my attitude on my face. And he approached me still. He pursued me right where I was at. And he said, Keith, I got, how about would you like to come with me and a couple of other kids from this group? And I'll take, teach you how to go fly fishing up in the mountains. I was like, oh. Well, that sounds kind of fun. Yeah. So I remember to this day getting in a little Toyota pickup and uh, the myself and this other kid and him, and we were driving up, and I can still tell you the stories he told on that trip. Really? And I can till, still tell you about how I learned to you know, do the rod and everything. And that day changed the trajectory of my life because this youth leader, his name is Eugene, taught me what it means to be accepted. And he helped correlate that to God and that God accepts me. And I don't have to earn God's favor and be a good kid. Yeah, I just get accepted whether I'm a good kid or not. He loves me. That's and that acceptance cool. has changed the trajectory of my heart, has given me an acceptance for everybody else and wants them to know that there's a God that they don't have to earn his favor 
but he mm-hmm. loves them just as they are. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, I'm glad we went back. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's like the turning point. It is. That's and, a great story. And, and that story is what propels me in this next chapter of this life. Yeah, yeah. And you know, like, so I was in seminaries where I left off, right? Okay, yep. And I was working still at the nonprofit, taking these classes, and my pastor knew I was taking these classes, and he goes, Keith, what, what are you doing this morning? Oh, I'm just trying to learn a little bit. I want to still be a business, you know, nonprofit leader. And he goes, okay. why don't you think about being a pastor? And if you do, you got to get this degree called a master's of divinity. And that means you have to take the language, you have to take ancient Hebrew, ancient Greek oh, to understand wow. how to read the text in its original lettering. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't, that's not me. I'm not a pastor. Yeah. And he goes, Keith, look at your life. You've been working with these, like that time I was doing a lot of donor relations and working with our mega donors. You know, it's you're pastoring their hearts because you get, if, if someone can talk to you about their finances, they can talk to you about almost anything. And, right. and they go, you can be real in their life and you've led these people. And then at the same time, you love these teenagers that you spend your nights and weekends taking to camp and doing stuff like that. And I'm like, I guess I kind of am a pastor. I never thought of it. <laughs> and then I go, I could never preach. I don't know. They go, that's what the seminary, and the seminary did teach me how to understand the Old Testament and the New and be able to share the good news. And so today, some people do call me Pastor Keith because I did get the degree, came back here to Grand Forks, worked for the last 12 years at Hope Church, met you along the way, right. amazing times there, and then two years ago, launched this new Young Life ministry. Yeah, you took the leap. No, you're, uh, you're awesome. You're, you're all over the Grand Forks community. I think I remember um, you know, some of your story, like, I don't know, I was probably pouring curb or pouring concrete somewhere on UND campus. There's Keith. Yeah, I was like, you're like the, the angel that followed me a little bit around and, and, and you've always been a, a blessing whenever it's like, whether it's a hard day or whatever, it's like your, your attitude and your, your inspiration for me, you know, rubs off, which is good. I, business I, can be tough. It can be, Mark. And, and frustrating. So um, I remember those early years, but I remember the, at the turning point was meeting, I, I think, at the old, uh, now it's the Red Pepper on South Washington, yeah. but, uh, whatever that restaurant used to be, and uh, the, with the pork, uh, the, the the pig. What was it yeah, called? Yeah, the wild hog. Wild hog. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. And I remember seeing you taking on a new chapter in your life, and I got so excited for where you were going with it. And yeah. I knew where you and Chelsea had been married and all that, but that was the turning point in my life to see you go from young Mark yeah. to Mark Leiden Mark. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. I've had, I've had different different points in my life where I think I, well, you know, entrepreneurial life, you never know where life is going to take you, especially right. you got to be a little risk adverse. Mm, for sure. <laughs> you know, because you, uh, when we met, you were, well, I mean, when I've known, uh, like I said, it's from Hope Church, you're obviously an inspiration around the mm. whole community with, with that church. And then, uh, you took the, your leap. So when did you take your leap? Well, what was, well, I'll, I'll what just, was, yeah. There's a saying in the Bible. That I'll give you an Old Testament story. A, okay. a lot of us know this, this. There's a gal named Esther. Okay. And Esther was a queen. She was a Jewish person, but she was a queen of a like the enemy's empire. The, 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 she got taken into as a slave, but the king identified her as one of the beautiful ones and said, I want you in my court. And along the way, he goes, you're my favorite of all the people in my court. You can be my queen. And then this queen Esther heard about some trouble that was coming to the Jewish people from this Persian king. And her brother said, Esther, there's a reason why you become queen. It's not just because you're beautiful of favor, but there's a, for today, it could be the reason God's put you there to bring salvation to his people. And sure enough, he challenged his sister, who was the queen, to go talk to the king, did not do what he was going to do to hurt the Jewish people. And that's the story is that queen, for such a day as this, you were born. And when you say I'm known in this community, I believe 
that part of the reason God's put me here with all the UND ties, the city of Grand Forks ties, the city, I'm really involved in the business community through the chamber. Right. Um, I just feel like God's put me here to kind of be not just a pastor to a small certain chunk of people, mm -hmm. but just to care for people wherever they are. Everyone I meet, the at the grocery store, the restaurant, whatever, that's yeah. a person that you're called to care for. Right. And that's part of my story. Right. Yeah, well, you, you probably... I feel like you never have a bad day either. Oh, not true. Not true, <laughs> not Mark. True. No, not true. no. Although, let me raise it. We're going to bring a speaker one of these days, and he has, some of you know him, but uh, his name is Hunter Pinky, and he has this whole mantra, no bad days. There are going to be tough no days, days, but no bad days. Yeah. So let me rephrase that. I'm trying to work on my attitude and say, no bad days, only tough days. I like that because uh, as an entrepreneur, you have plenty of tough days. <laughs> uh, they're not bad days. Um, you know, we get to wake up. We get to do what we want to do. Exactly. Um, we don't have to do anything. I kind of live with that mentality. Um, and then I live with the mentality of everything happens for a reason. Yes. Um, and that leaves peace with me a little bit. Mm. As Even if I work really hard after something and it doesn't come to fruition, then, you know, and I live okay with it. I just... Otherwise, it builds up anxiety, which For, builds up stress, which builds up everything. You're not sleeping, you're sweating, whatever. You, you and just I can't both, live with that. Yeah, you and I both love people that are go-getters, entrepreneurs, dreamers. Yes. I have a group of names on my list at home. I call them my dream big people. And you know you're on that because you, there's a dreamer, there's a mover. There's mm -hmm. a, but at the same time, people who are like that are usually positive, but there's, a, there's doubts that are behind the scenes yep. and you just nailed them. What you have to do is you have to have a sense of peace, a sense of trust that there's a God that has a master plan. Mm -hmm. You've alluded to that and he's going to direct you if you submit your ways to him. And that just leaves you a little bit more free to go with it yeah. and to take those risks, yeah. but at the same time also not beat yourself up when the things aren't going well. Right. So yeah. proud of you, man. Yeah. I, uh, well, faith is something I've, I've always I need to prepare to work harder. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And it's yep. always something that you can improve on. And, and I'm, I'm challenging myself to keep, keep going in that direction. I know, you, know? you are. And, you, that's uh, what you and I get together. Yeah, on. I know. I, 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 I know. like to push you a little bit. You, 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 help, you help me. You gotta have a, you gotta have a mentor in each area of your life, you know, health, your business, your faith, yep. your, you know, education. So you gotta have a mentor for each area and it's and not the same mentor. That's exactly it. I, I, so often, especially if you're talking to any like to college or 20 year old, they oftentimes associate a mentor as someone who's helping with all areas of their life, their dating life, their career life, yeah. their, their, and it is oftentimes there's one or two significant people outside of the parent of a, and that's one of the biggest factors of success in today's gen of across the board is if you have one or two adults who invest in the life of a young person outside of their parents, their trajectory of that young person's life is amazingly good. But as you get older, you realize your mentors are no longer going to be one or two people. They're right. going to be a, a, a hand, and you identify each area you just nailed. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're my mentor in religion and so <laughs> I, I, faith. So I, uh, uh, but it's definitely it's true. I, you got to have a different mentor for each area, yes. otherwise uh, you're. It's just everyone specifically niched, and yep. and that's why we're good entrepreneurs in our way. Because if we're good at everything, we're probably good at none of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, all right. Well, let's talk about a little bit where we are getting to today and and what you're doing now and what we're trying to do, because we kind of hold some common things like golf tournaments and you're wearing the Young Life. That's the first annual That's the hat. first one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I still like the first. I, I like that. Um and, uh, but anyway, yeah, we do a golf tournament, tries to raise money. You know, I just try to do think good things for the community. That's, that's one of my, 
you know, core values is make a difference. And if I can make a difference in someone's life being a mentor, or if I can make a difference in someone's life in the community, um, just make an impact. And, and I think it's, yeah. it's what I, it's for sure what you stand for. Mm. I mean, you, you do that so well. Um, but tell, tell me a little bit, what, what are you doing today? What is, what is Keith? So a couple of years ago you jumped in Yep. And okay. tell so, us about that. All right. So a couple of years ago, I was the executive pastor at Hope, which is once again, as a, Hope emerges one of the larger nonprofits in our city. It's a church, as okay. most people know, but it's got an entity of a, owns the Grand Cities Mall. It has a, a care center to help people who are needing food or other assistance. And yeah. then it has this big mass, I think it's the largest uh, daycare in town now. And, oh, and, uh, oh, really? Yeah, and so it's and I was trying to be the uh, like my role was supposed to be somewhat teaching and pastoring people, but also running the business side of the church. And the business side of the church was just growing, and and I love it. It's God's doing a great thing there, but it got to be pretty overwhelming. I remember I was having to sign paperwork for the, those PPP loans in the pandemic era to help you know pretend that would turn into grants. Yeah, um, and I remember going, this is getting big, and I'm I remember like just feeling that. Um, I got a lot of responsibilities and I go, that, this is good, but it's not where I want to spend the bulk of my time. I want to spend the bulk of my time with people, not overlooking spreadsheets of numbers and lo- lawyer terms on grants and loans and, and yep. stuff like that. And so I said, I think it's time for a change. And I came home and I talked to my wife and that was another part of my story. I'll tell you that story a little yeah, later. Yeah. You, you'll have to come back to that. But I said, I think uh, this is the time I'm going to try to start this new thing called Young Life. And what the history was one of the students I had worked with back in Colorado had become a local Young Life director in Colorado. And Young Life has about 25 of these, they call them camps, but they should be called five-star resorts around the country. Okay. And there's a bunch in the South, the West, and te- like Texas, California, Colorado, Florida, uh, North Carolina, Georgia. But there's one in Minnesota, and it's not, <laughs> it's not too far from here. It's called yeah. Detroit Lakes on Pelican Lake, called Castaway Club. They, they call, and they purposely don't call it camp, they call it Castaway Club. And I went down to visit them with my wife, and we were blown away at the quality of this place. It is like pristine, wow. flower-lined sidewalks. Instead of having hamburger night for the kids, they have steak night for the kids. Jeez. They don't just have like one ski natique boat. They have like five ski natique boats. They're taking these kids out doing wakeboarding, wake surfing. All oh. they, they had back in the day when the legal allowed it, they did parasailing on the lake. It's the only oh. place they did parasailing in all of Minnesota, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Um, and uh, it was so, my wife and I were like, the biggest though was what happened at night when the kids gathered and you get four to 500 students from around the country who come and they're not necessarily like all out for God by any means, but when they get in that room, God meets them and they become this united attracted force to the creator of the world. And they respond with energy and excitement and joy. And I was like, we need this. And grand force said, probably back to me when I was a kid, I got to go to those things. And I was like, my wife and I now have soon to be have three children. And we're like, we don't, when I look at the state of Grand Forks, I'm like, there is not an energy to the youth for our city in their faith development. I look at like kids in this town love their hockey. If you're a guy, they dream about playing hockey. Yeah. We have one of the best hockey development programs I've ever seen. Like my nephew lived here for a bunch of years yeah. and then moved back to Colorado. And he's like one of their top players just because he was groomed to play hockey at yeah. Grand Forks and they, they know how to do it. Another program, I like to give the spa program here in Grand Forks. Okay. It's a theater program for students. It's one of the best programs for getting kids not only connected with each other, but teaching them how to do drama, how to do acting, all that good. And it like attracts students. That's students awesome. will they'll say, mom and dad, I don't want to go on our summer vacation. I want to do this. But when it comes to faith, yeah. kids were like, 
do I have to go? Do I have to go to camp mom? Do I and I'm like, we're changing that script. Okay. And that's, I said, let's start young life in Grand Forks. But where we started was unique. And should I go there? Do you want to? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 What we started with talk about was, all of it. was the college side because everything young life does is predicated on the mentor word again. And that, remember how I alluded yeah. to, is there someone besides a mom or a dad that can invest in the life of a young person and it changes the trajectory of their life? That's what I'm in the business of is working with finding college students who will connect with God and then with the help of adult, go into the life of a middle schooler or a high schooler and help them say, you have value, you have meaning, I care for you, tell me your story. And by the way, there's a God that made you and he'll be with you the rest of your life and he'll change the course of your life if you really believe it. Wow. And we and we start that doing that. So I started um, by working at the university. I have a lot of friends over there. Right. Um, I, back in the day, I was a fraternity guy. And so I still hang out at this fraternity as one of their alumni advisors. Yep. And that's not, once again, when you think fraternity guys, you don't think Bible guys or Christian right, guys right? at all. No. <laughs> but that's part of it. You this One of the mantras of this organization is you go to where people are at. Instead of waiting for people to come to you, you go to, we say, you go to where kids are at. And so where are kids at college at? UND has a good chunk who are in that fraternity uh, church, yeah. and they're not going to church. And so we're going there. And so I go and I started connecting with these uh -oh. guys. And of course, you know, they all like to party and everyone likes that. That's fine, you know. But I said, what about usually there's a reason they go and drink too much or try and do too much. It's because there's an emptiness inside and they want something more to, to fill themselves. And I say, hey, I can tell you about that. And that is where I started with these guys. And That's I got cool. some of these fraternity, sorority gals. They came, started doing what we call club, which is a midweek thing, which is basically three Fs. We feed them, we give them some food, we do a fun little thing. And then finally I give a quick faith story. I keep it really simple. And, um, and then after that, um, I move into just offering if they'd like to do more one-on-ones. And that's the other thing, oh. is winning the right to be heard. And yeah. that is all about going to them on their terms, meeting them when they have a moment, and just winning, like saying, I care about you. What's your story? And once they know you care, then they start to open up more and yeah. really listen. So those, those are two of our big go to where kids are at and win the right to be heard. And then the third one, and this is a good one, is – all right, this gospel, I've heard that, said that term a couple of times. It yeah. means good news. That's what gospel means. And if it's really good news, why are most people thinking it's one of the most boring hours of their life sitting in a church, right? Yeah. And so we have a rule that you go to where they're at, you win the right to be heard, and then it's a sin to bore a kid with the gospel. You better make it fun. <laughs> make it fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, I like that. so we do a lot of that with, like, at the college level, we take them on adventures. We've gone on, like, my ultimate adventure. I took a bunch of college kids in the day on a, I called it a spiritual uh, awakening adventure, sailing around the Virgin Islands. I had a buddy that was a captain of our ship, flew him out to the BVI. We flew around the British, oh, uh, flew. Wow. we sailed around the British Virgin Islands, camped at different places all on this boat. We've gone to Montana for ski trips. We've gone to um, just around here. We wow. go to Turtle River for biking trips. We go to the fertile sand hills to go climb those sand hills. We've done kayaking trips up on the Pembina Gorge. So we just try and always find something that either outdoor, even on campus, we meet at the um, the gymnasium and there's a there's a racquetball court there and we turn it into oh. what's called volleyball where you play volleyball off the walls and we get it crazy and going on. <laughs> um, we just we we do things that attract. We do trivia nights in the union and and give away gift cards and stuff like that. So we try different avenues that yeah. um, just to meet people where they're at and then when we do gather, we have a lot of fun and we try and tell the gospel in a compelling way that connects the Bible story to their story. Wow. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. So you're, 
your program and, and your mission. I mean, this is your your mission is 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 so. How many college kids does this take to be fulfilled? For oh you? my goodness! So, Mark, that's the um. Let me. I'll I'll, I'll try and paint the big thirty thousand foot view, and then I'll ask that answer a specific question. So, Young Life as a whole exists to help people to connect with each other and with God. See, we have the three buzzwords. We do community, we do adventure, and we do significance. Okay? Yep. Those are our three. So yep. you, you heard me. I told you some adventure stories. I told you the community stories. Yep. The significant story is that then we take those colleges, as they get more mature, to say, would you like to invest in the life of a younger person? And so we, two okay. years ago, we started college. A year ago, we started the middle school ministry. We took one of those college students yep. who graduated. She joined our team as a staff person. Oh, wow. She opened up the middle school division, and we took a bunch of kids to camp, and now she's getting some of those other college kids that I'm sending her way, and they're discipling these middle school kids. And now those middle school kids are growing up, and they're becoming high school kids. So this wow. summer, we're launching our high school division, wow. and that's where all the funding that you talked about through these golf tournaments and then comes in to support our middle school, high school, and college. And we need, I would say— like we have over a hundred and plus students that come on any given, you know, to our, our, our events I've had connections yeah. with, but I'd say only about maybe a dozen, maybe even half of that, like are really six or so are really ready to go to be mentors. I've got about a dozen in the training ground, you yep. know, that I'm working with okay. another 80 to 90 are still in the checking things out, building relationships, that kind of stage. Does right. that give you a sense? Yeah. And yeah. Then, so those six, I've sent them on to our middle school director currently wow. and she's working with them and helping them love on these middle school kids. Wow. Yeah, this is, uh, so I'm sure it's challenging not even to get people to commit. And, and, and that's probably your hardest thing. And, um, you know, I think even as an entrepreneur, you can reflect, it's like, once you commit to doing something, you're all in. I think once those college kids can commit to something, which you nailed you, the ultimate question. <laughs> you talked about, you talked about, you can take risks and be at peace a little bit where I'm currently, this is my current state where I'm being, re- is uh, college students post-pandemic have become even more flaky, even more overwhelmed. They get just they get, they get overwhelmed so easy. Oh. They, I think they've been coddled a little bit more yep. and they're just not used to, so they come to UND and they get, they, they, you know, they, they, they realize, oh, I got to fly because I'm a aviation student or that I got to take a test. And it, they, they said they were coming. They just, oh, I can't do it. I'm overwhelmed. I'm and I've been frustrated with that very piece, the yeah. lack of willing to follow through. And I've realized this is where you have to have faith because if that's the story of my relationship with God Almighty, yeah. is how many times have I said, hey, God, I'm going to do this. Hey, God, I'm going to be for you. Hey, yeah. God, I'm all in. And how many times I flake on God and what does God do? Does he get, oh, I'm frustrated with you, Becker. You're out of here. No. Yeah, yeah. He says, I'm here when you're ready. Gotcha. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to, you, when you're ready, I'm here. Right. And I've trying to take that attitude towards these students and say, when you're ready, I'm here. And I can tell you're stressed out and you're not going to want to connect for a little bit. And and some of it, I don't want them to like, I, they're the liturgy. They're literally too busy. But um, most students, I think if you look back in your life and you look at your college years, most people have the capacity to do some stuff. They just don't have the organizational skills yet to figure it out. Yeah. I, well, I'll just, I mean, I'll tell you even in the construction industry, yeah. like if we relate to that, there used to be a dozen or better college kids. I can, we could barely get one or two. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it, I think it's just changed in the last, I mean, I've only been in business 13 years, Yep. but it's changed just drastically in the 13 years I've been in business. Yes. I used to find kids all the time. Yes. Um, and they, they just... Um, and we're in blue collar. I mean, we're in North Dakota. I mean, 
supposedly we have the best work ethic in the nation, right? Yeah, right. And yet even here, trying to get people to work. Yeah. Not easy. Yeah. So the not easy the to commit. People for the young students and, and committing is 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 complicated and you know, that we always talk about unfollow the herd and, and it's like, okay, well is college the best thing or is it just a mm. is it are they using it as a tool to procrastinate, drink, uh, you know, do the fun things in life. Um but it's more of a tool of procrastination <laughs> and figuring themselves out. Yeah. Um, and you're trying to get these students committed to something that they basically went to college probably to be some not committed, but some have a path, right? Right. You're going to be a do. doctor yep. and, yeah. you know, you're hopefully committed. Right. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and they do, yeah. yeah I, I, some of those more. And UND attracts in one sense, I think, a little better kids because the dominant majors at UND are more professional majors, medical, yeah. nursing, aviation, aviation, where there's a career track. It's not like liberal arts, uh, that, humanities, <laughs> and philosophy. Right. But uh, um, still, you're right. I, I think there's a reason. Like, And even – um, this whole pandemic has changed so many things. One of them being even just the presence on campus. Yeah. A large number of these students, you know, UND supposedly still has 14,000 students, but I think a good chunk of them are online and they aren't on on campus and they sit at home and they do their things and they, and it's changed. Like they built this beautiful new union and we get to be there every day, but even there it feels less full than yeah. the past. And I think it's because there's just less people on campus and, and less, um, the learning the social skills of interconnecting is actually taking more time and more work post-pandemic, what I'm finding. Yeah, well, for sure. So these are just observations on a different topic altogether. And well, I'm sure. I, I, I think it's all important, though. Yeah. It all leads to the bigger the bigger topic. So I want to I kind of maybe back up a little bit into you. Or you went into business to – how long have you been in business? Are you you're, – how long? Well, I've been Are with you, Young Life for two years. I okay. started, that's my entrepreneurial yep. gig. Uh, but I feel, I was a business major, you know, 35 years ago. And wow. so I continue, I feel like I've been in the business world for 35 years because I worked in the corporate world for a couple of years. Then I worked in the not large nonprofit world yep. for about a dozen. And then I worked at Hope for about a dozen. And I've been in this one for two. Wow. And so it was COVID basically times when you decided like, <laughs> hey, this is the calling. And then it, also happened to be a pandemic? Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> that was crazy. So yeah, uh, any thoughts that ran through your mind there? Um, nothing yeah, uh, God they, was they, calling they, for? Yeah, okay, so first of all, what's, what did I say? The first thing you do, when it, our rule of thumb is to go to where students are at. In the pandemic, you don't go anywhere. You stay at home with your mask on. So that first year, how did, I fortunately had relationship with those fraternities. That's why I started there, to be honest. Got it. Because like, I had some relationship. So I could not meet on campus. They, they I, I didn't even go. They didn't want anyone at UND, obviously, because wow. they closed pretty much the whole campus. So all I had was Zoom calls with these guys, and I had uh, a little help. We we got a couple bigger name musicians that are Christians that some of these guys knew and stuff like that, and they would put on a concert on you know and. It was lame. I look back because we were watching the concert on all trying to talk and chat. And, and I was like, this is not, Young Life is so about people and connection. Yeah. But it was all we could do in the beginning. And then we had to meet off campus all the time. So my new favorite place became Culver's Backroom because I could at least get people. And we'd have to sit, you know, six, six feet of those tables. We'd have one <laughs> kid per table. And, uh, and then eventually we learned the rules. Like we got to come back on campus year two. But you had to wear masks all the time, and masks just don't always. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I, I get why they're good, right. but I just realized it was really hard to 
you don't feel connected. So we always had food. That's part of why I brought food. Because the rule was if you had food, you could take your mask off. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, we'd linger. Oh. Those cookies would last the whole time. <laughs> and so we could talk or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. That, so those are some things. It's been a difficult, I mean, and I think a little bit slower start than I had envisioned. I had this transformative okay. vision. I've told you my vision. Oh, I yeah. see Grand Forks being a city where there's three to 500 young people between the ages of 12 to 24 that are just diving hard for God. And there's such like, you think about like the, around here, I think a lot of people know WeFest, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, the energy that goes on at WeFest, mm-hmm. imagine that energy on a weekly basis of young people in the city. And I, that's my, that's my vision, but it hasn't quite gotten there. We're still like more in the, on any given week, we'll have a couple dozen college students, a couple dozen middle schoolers. Okay. And then we're in the next year, we hope to get that, but we need to amp it up into the thirties and forties. And that's part of what we're doing with adding staff as well as with, because it takes people to reach. And and then, and I, even with the number of college kids I'm working with, I need another staff person to, to take the next batch of kids. Right. You can only do, you know, Typically, the Jesus had twelve disciples. That's about all you typically invested is twelve people. In a gotcha. Company. So we kind of keep that ratio of one to twelve. Gotcha. And so you're 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 you raise money to try to bring in new staff members right. to yeah. help support more people. Exactly. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a winning model. I mean, it's it uh, is. It's, We're very it's a giving pe- model. We're a people based. We don't own a building. We don't own things. We are fortunate that people open up, like we meet at the university, they have the union for us to use, the middle schoolers, they meet in parents' homes or various organizations around town businesses have opened up everything from, we meet at like Play It. This is a new center next to okay. Aldi here in town that the kids love, all the athletic oh, yeah. stuff there. Yeah. Um, they can't wait to get on the go, pickleball. the go-karts. Well, they probably like pickleball too, but the go-karts coming at, um, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. over at the uh, Northern Air. Yep. Uh, we've met at uh, Splashers Water Park. So okay. once a month, we do a big kind of more fun event for the middle school and then the other three uh, Sundays a month, we meet in a parent's home. And, uh, and, the, oh, okay. and parents just, you know, most parents, have, a lot of parents have these basements that are set up for a bunch of kids just to squeeze in together oh, and, yeah. and play some crazy games. We do a lot of minute to win it games in oh, there yeah, and stuff like that. And, and, uh, and then the kids hear a little, those three things, the food, the faith, and the fun. And boy, you got those, it, it wins. They it's, win. It's a winning con- and contract. And that's middle school, college, and uh, well, well, we, uh, we keep them distinct to their age me, group. Okay, got but it. we have that kind of format going on. So currently college is Wednesday nights. Middle school Sunday nights, high school we got to pick a new day, and then um, and then obviously the goal would be to have like when you get this big enough to have one per high school, like one for Central kids, one for Red River kids, one for East Side kids. Got and, it. And Thompson could grow in there. Yes. And so they, they just all and when I look at Denver, which has been doing this for a long time, that's their model. They have one for each of the geographic parts of Denver, the high schools, and there's, it's every night of the week something's going on. So it's just a matter of how long it takes to get there. Got it. So what, where, I'm going to kind of dive into where, where are we going then? Where, where do you see Young Life going? I know you, I know you have a vision and uh, where, where is it going from here? Well, as I said, we want Grand Forks to have, I mean, obviously we hear some of the tragedies of, of the drug culture. That's like, you know, the like Mm -hmm. fentanyl and all these laced drugs that young people have been dying from. And it's like, what are they looking for? And then of course you may have heard recently some of the statistics with suicide and depression being at epic levels. And and it's like, so we know there's the need. And at the end of the day, the need will be met by people who care for people right where they're at. And ultimately I believe in the Bible teaches that every human's made by God and he ha- wants a relationship with that individual. And that when you know that you're loved and you're safe and you're accepted by your creator and a human person who's yeah. enveloping those 
it changes your heart. And when you have a heart of hope, you can start to be a giver and not look to be a taker. You can start to be a dreamer, not to be a recluse. You know, all those things that we need in our society. So that's the vision. So how, what's going on? Well, at, at the college level, I, I think it's called Be Faithful. I'm going to keep showing up. I'm looking for a few more adult volunteers that want to invest in the lives of college kids. That's one action. I'm always on the who are some other adults that have a heart for college-age kids that can help me beat this. At the middle school level, uh, we have our director, and she has set a goal to double. Like last year, we sent about a dozen kids to camp. This year, she said, let's go for 24. And I go, I think we're going to get closer to 30. And already, oh. we're growing. We're, <laughs> we're on the track to hit 30 because there's yeah. more people hearing about the amazingness of this camp. And one of the, uh, the like a lot of camps out there, by the way, the counselors are great, but they stay at the camp all summer. Um, for us, we require our leaders to go to camp with the kids. Yeah. So these leaders are pretty committed because they, they'll take a week of vacation from their work wow. to go to this place and get slime put on their face and whatever <laughs> else that the kids are doing because they know they go home with those kids and those kids then get to see their leaders. I saw you have the high at camp. But now when your friends want you to go do the slurpy ditching and you're wondering, what do you do? I'm there with you. Whatever yeah. it might be, that the, the leader goes with the kid through life. That's cool. And that's really a significant piece of our story. And I say, so we're looking for um, a few more college. That's my, and I'm at a few more I'm meeting with. I've told you I had a bunch of meetings this afternoon. Yes. I'm meeting with some of them. Friday afternoons are a decent time to meet college kids because they're a little less stressed by that point. So I'm going to go hang out with them and help direct them to be middle school leaders. That's and then awesome. uh, high school is the biggest dude. And right. that high school is really formative because middle school, their kids are really attached to parents still. High school is when they start to distance themselves, ask the okay. faith, is this faith my own? Oh. Around this part of the world, it's because a lot of confirmation kids, you know, they go, they, they go because their mom and dad make them, and as soon as they're confirmed, they're out of church, right? That's how wow. I'm not, If you ask a typical person around here is raised casual Lutheran, casual Catholic, they go, yep. yeah, as soon as mom and dad stop making me go to confirmation, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. And, uh, and we, that, that's the high school years. Gotcha. And we are committed to having these leaders ready. So uh, one of the things we're doing is we do two big fundraisers a year to help raise the staff because we got to hire the staff first. Right. And when the funding is, we've done really well for the two years we've been in business. We've had a sold out golf tournament. And um, I like to think of it as what I, what I hear from the people who've golfed is they say, Keith, this is one of the most well-run golf tournaments. But what differentiates it is it's one of the most youth focused about of yes. the 140 some golfers that show up, about 30 to 40 of them are either teenagers and college kids. And they just bring an energy and a, a go get itness and yeah. a fun factor to That's the whole awesome. tournament. And so once again, we're looking for individuals to golf. We still have a few openings for yes. individual golfers. And we'll can, link that below. We'll, okay. we'll get that link. For Perfect. You. And then I'm looking for some businesses or individuals to say, I want to support one of those 30 to 40 kids and be a youth team. We have a whole youth track and they oh. have their own prizes. And these are, these are kids who like, they don't slow the pace of play down. They're gamers. They know how to push it and keep the, they know golf etiquette so they can yeah. push it. But at the same time, there's an energy and some of the fun games we have uh, on the course as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is fun. It's a, we, it adds a little <laughs> the more. The basket head. Yes, exactly. We call it bucket head. <laughs> or bucket so, head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, there you go. Uh, um, so anyways, and then that's uh, uh, every, one of the biggest opportunities to raise funds. And then the other one is we do, we bring a special speaker in every year and usually it's in the month of September. And we've got some, um, things in the work on that. We, we've hosted it at the Union yes. at, uh, on campus because they have these beautiful ballrooms. Right. And because we're a student organization, we get to host it there. And uh, we'll look forward to having your readers hear about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited about that. I hope I make that this year. And then, uh, so if I am a, let's just say I'm a college kid. Yep. 
how how am I finding out about Young Life? Like, yep. if I wanna I wanna support it, how am I how am I doing that? Where am I seeing it at? Yep. So well, primarily we target the University of North Dakota. Obviously, those open to any eighteen to twenty four year old. Okay. So um, the main location that we do like print media and like you know advertising is on the billboards uh, at UND. They have these rolling screens where you, as a student oh, organization, sure. you can enter. And we ha- I, I enlist the power of my students who are a lot better at technology to create these things on okay. Canva and they make it look cool and then they just put it on that. And then there's a, uh, a calendar that you have to... L- you have to request rooms at the union and then they advertise here's the daily who's using the union rooms. And so people can find it that way. So that's as far as like being present on the campus, that's our main way. Cool. But then the biggest thing is Instagram. That's kids carry their phones around. Right. Yep. And so We're I get you on Instagram more. Well, I, yeah, that's the problem. I'm like, I, I'm a, I'm trying to move that direction, but what I've done is smart. I've got a kid or college student yep. who knows how to run it and they right. just pummel it with, we try like, Someone, when I was starting, I said, okay, I want a minimum of three posts a week just to kind of help. Yeah. And then, of course, they can take it and run with it. But, you know, those posts are, one is more of a, here's what's coming. One of is more of a, here's what we did for a club. Yeah. And then one of is more just inspirational news. Yeah, yeah. And I've, I've had to, yeah, I've had an education in how to do Instagram because I'm still old school, like, thinking, and I've had to be a learner. As yeah. an entrepreneur, that's one of the things you got to continue to do is be a learner, right? I, yeah, I had to hire a mentor just for that area of my life. It's like you didn't think you had to go back to social media, but it's where everyone's exactly where the views are. So that's and then when it comes to middle school, it's a different audience, sure. Because who decides where they're going? Mom and dad. Yep. So it's all about connecting with parents and and the, our middle school director uh, worked in schools for a little bit, and so she knew that there's this uh, app out there called the Remind app. And yeah. basically, it's something the schools use to communicate with parents. And so she's adapted it to way that it's a primary oh. communicate in that every week. Then that goes out. We have an Instagram page for the middle schoolers because that's what they want to look at. Yeah. The kids themselves. And then we, and she's my middle school director. She's a 20 something year old. And so she's real good at posting on Instagram <laughs> and making it fun and hip and all that kind of stuff. Um, but that's how the kids know. But kids don't necessarily get to things. It's usually mom and dad that say. So we really, a lot of our, New kids that come, they come somewhat because middle schools invite their friends, but mostly because middle school parents say, hey, you have a middle school parent. Our kid's benefiting from this. Your kid might too. And that is how the wow. growth of the middle school start going. Gotcha. We'll, we'll shoot a reel after this so you can be on social media and then we'll have Jen edit it and you can post that on your social media, see if you can reach any more. Yeah, we'll I like that. it. So, um, all right. So how do we, we, this all takes money to operate though. You bet it does. That's so, the business side. So if I if I'm on the other side, if I'm just uh, a parent or something, how do I how do how do I give money to this program? How much money are you looking to raise? You know, like yep. what you you must have big goals. I mean, if you want it to grow, it you need money to do it. Yep, yep. You're right, and it just it's uh, um, big picture. Yeah, I, and I can talk straight money stuff because it's uh, in my head. A and B, I know it matters. Like I, yeah. I know there's certain people out there that I go, I want to make sure you're being integrable stewardship. Cause as I said, if you can talk about the money, you can talk about almost anything. Cause that's Absolutely. if, and, and I'm very committed to this being a, uh, 
open, honest, transparent organization. So first and foremost, we're part of a larger group called Young Life International in Colorado Springs. That's our headquarters. Okay. And they have to do everything by the book and make sure that we're uh, the 501c3 nonprofit status. Everything goes through them. All the money goes through them. Okay. Everything is, so it's, and it's audited by a major auditor yep. and it show, and that there's an organization out there measures nonprofits and how much of the money goes to the actual ministry and how much is going to admin or whatever. Oh, okay. And they were in the highest rankings of that. And so first and foremost, I want you to hear that it's not just a flyby operation. It's not right. just Keith on his own, putting the money under the mattress and pulling it. It's all, I don't touch it. It goes straight to Colorado Springs and everything is run above board with high integrity and high productivity. So right. that's the first thing I want you to hear. Yep. Second thing um, I want you to hear is that within our local entity, anything that is given and marked ND30 stays in Grand Forks. So there's a way, so um, that's the beauty part. So you can really make a huge difference when you give, it stays here and helps here. Now I do pay a a, a yearly fee for some of the services on those accounting features and legal features that they offer on Colorado Springs, but it's a fair rate and everything like that. So, um, but uh, anyway, so with that, um, we ballpark look currently are in the just under 200,000 a year for our annual budget that pays for our our staffing, uh, pays for our camp scholarships because we, these camps, not only are they five-star resorts, they're a little bit more expensive than your backyard Bible camp that maybe some of us think in our mind. Right. And so we we are really pushed. That's where a lot of this golf money goes is for kids' scholarships. Gotcha. And because we're going to send, you know, you know, 20, 30 kids to camp and you're going to, we're going to pump out two to $300 per kid. Wow. And then we'll ask the kid, it's important for the kid to still have investment, but we really try and subsidize that um, for the family. And, and if money is the issue that ultimately prevents, a, we will make it happen for that child to get there. Wow. So That's we're committed awesome. to that. So like one of the things that we're most recently um, having that privilege of, of, well, and we have monthly givers that are maybe about half or two thirds of maybe of the, and then we have some one time gifts. And then we have these two big events currently. And we're looking at a third event. You'll have to tell us what you think of it. Yeah. Um, it's going big in uh, other places and uh, trap shooting and having trap a trap shooting. shooting. Yeah, exactly. It's a kind of become a new thing. I guess with axe throwing, trap shooting, yeah. it's this get people out and shoot guns and, and uh, oh, yeah. ha- have some funding with that too. Can you so raise some money yeah, through that? Exactly. Right. So that's our newest one. We're exploring adding that on. So if you have some listeners who go, I'll help you run with that. And I know how to do trap shooting. Yeah. Contact me because I don't have a contact in that world yet. Well, but uh, Yeah, no, um, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Well, I think if anyone has any idea on how to raise money yeah. for the Young Life program, um, I mean, you you have this year how have to raise how much money? This said just about one hundred eighty thousand. But one hundred eighty thousand dollars. So if you have an idea, leave a comment. We'll get it to Keith, and and uh, he would love to entertain anything that would help benefit their program. Or if you want to even donate to this money, if you don't need, or if you can't participate in any of these activities. I imagine you have a link where we can support you. You bet we do. And so, um, so uh, we'll have everything below. Um, you can find it uh, for Keith too. So yes, um, let me I'll give you one last on the funding. Yeah. So the big need we have now is as we're adding middle school and high school soon, uh, it's getting kids around, right? They need rides. And the best way to get them around is these 12 passenger vans. So we have put some requests in to some local auto dealers in town and a local foundation um, that uh, we're that like project-based giving more rather oh, than like okay. staffing. They like just one time. If you have more of a one. And so we're looking to raise, in addition to that 180, another 
hundred, maybe because we're looking at one to two to three vans because 12, oh, wow. 24, 36 people. And um, if you could help, we'd love to see you. That's the one thing we would like to have a little bit of a fleet of vans because not only the camps, but then the middle school kids during the oh. week, some of the parents are like, uh, you know, come from tough families and their parents are not going to get them or their parents are working and can't. So if we could have our leaders driving around right. with this fleet of vans, that'd yeah. be a big win for us. So that's, that's a specific awesome. vision that we're this next year, we're hoping to raise 50 to hundred, maybe 150,000 for vans that we can put into, wow. put into effect so we can really adequately meet the needs of middle school, high school kids. That would be, that'd be awesome because then you can, your limitations are gone. You can go where you want and, yep. and all the kids are safe. And, and these camps, they go every quarter. We have like, Summer every quarter of the year, like winter, summer. The big one's the summer one. That's yeah. the multi-day one. But we have weekend ones in the fall and the spring, and then there's usually one, um, like a ski trip in the winter. So wow. that's where those vans get used for all those. So if you take start taking it, they'll be used almost every weekend and every day of the week. We'll have clubs going on, and they'll be in use. Wow, jeez, I uh, well, we're hoping that we can raise some money for you. We're going to be a supporter of your golf tournament again. You know, we've we've always. Uh, your vision, it's not an easy, it's not easy what no. you do. You have a lot of passion towards it. And, and most visionaries or entrepreneurs like yourself, it's, it can be a struggle, right? Getting right. commitments and, yep. and raising money. And it's, it's what it takes to do good things in the community. Mm. Um, so if you can support Keith, I, I, <laughs> he, uh, touches his fingerprints all over this community. I mean, you support Grand Forks stronger than anyone I know, I think, you know, it's like, uh, we, we have Bochinski in last week and, you know, his yep. struggles with trying to get in the community off the ground as well. Right. You know, it's Grand Forks is a, yeah, it's a special town. It's one of the greatest raised places to raise a family, but there's some, there's some, I don't know, in one sense, apathy or just kind of, uh, that we don't, we don't deserve anything special. We're just Grand Forks. And I'm like, there's better days ahead for us as a community. Absolutely. And I, and I it. That's a big win. Um, and Mark, I just, uh, I don't know. How do I put it here? I, I guess um, when you said, you know, there takes vision, it takes funding, all that kind of stuff, it does. Um, but at the same time, this goes back to, I do believe that there's something greater than us that's leading this. Yeah. And um, our job is just, to, it, that, that's the be faithful part of life. Gotcha. I just feel like I've yeah. been called to be faithful, show up and, and he'll take care of the rest. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I got a couple of questions for you, Keith. Okay, before, these are some. Let's before go. you get out, you you didn't get these, you didn't get these. So, um, so now we're gonna really fast forward. I know we talked a little bit about the future of young life, but in you know, almost if you closed your eyes and you said, "Well, in five years, where do you envision yourself?" Almost maybe personally and business wise, because um, I know we've been talking mainly business, but where do you envision yourself? Okay. Ah, uh, interesting. Okay, yeah, so yeah. so we're talking um, twenty twenty eight. Yeah, where do you want to be? Well, here's the crazy part for me, Mark, is I I do operate in those five year goal patterns, right? <laughs> okay, you, you already know that. Good, so, we already know that. <laughs> but but I I kind of started the clock in twenty twenty. So I'm on the I'm two and a half almost years into the first five year plan, which was to have all three entities up and running: college, middle school, high school. Cool. Um, and on the tra- on the trajectory of bringing, you know you know, a couple hundred kids um, from the Grand Cities areas to these camps that I think 
what happens when they get so energized and then they come back with their leaders and they live it out. And then they eventually, half of the kids are going to stay in the area, either at UND, NDSU, and there's Young Life at Fargo. There's Young Life. That's not a beautiful part about Young Life. Once you get involved in the Young Life in Grand Forks and you go, if they do go away to college, there's Young Life in Minneapolis, Mankato State, Cloud. I mean, all those universities have it at the college level. So you can stay and keep growing and keep, and by that point, you're then not just taking in, but you're giving back and you're serving the kids in Minneapolis or St. Cloud or whatever city they go to. But so we're two and a half years in and we're, we've got two of the steps. We're looking to f- finish the third, get the high school going. Um, and then the piece that I'm looking at a little bit for f- like feel is right now, I feel like young life is um, in the church world. I think we're getting known, but like in the school world, we're still like, that's where I want principals teachers, um, cafeteria workers to know, uh, counselors, that if there's a kid who's going through a hard time, that there's a young life resource out there. Like obviously that's our, our schools have to be really cautious with the faith connection, but they yeah. can know that we will be um, just loving a person right where they're at. There's no expectation that they take this faith and run with it or whatever. And we could like, if there is a suicide or something like that, that happens in the Grand Forks, East Grand Forks area, that we could be there to help just care for kids. And that teachers would know there's a group of people under the Young Life banner, volunteers and staff that would be there to support them. I really, uh, and then the other piece, kind of a big picture where we're going in five years is that parents are going, oh shoot, we thought we were going to our, you know, California summer vacation, but it's during Young Life Camp Week. We got to move our whole schedule around. Uh, That's a goal for me is okay. parents have to reschedule their vacations around yeah, ARCA because it's such a big deal, deal. For the, when there's a hundred. So those are a couple of visions um, that I have for the next few years. Um, and let me just tell you one other story. I think a story. Yeah, that's good. It. So our middle school director met with this girl and um, this girl has been adopted by this family. And uh, she was just expressing that it's really hard Sometimes when you come from an adopted setting, you always question my birth mom, uh-huh. birth dad, you know, and this middle school director of ours was able to meet with her and her story is a little bit rougher. And oftentimes when you have brokenness in your life, God will redeem that brokenness and heal you first and foremost, but secondly, we'll use it to help another. And so our youth leader, this middle school director has been in the process of being healed from some of her middle or younger years stuff. And she was able to say, I understand. I relate. I was in that similar setting. And here's some of the ways I've been able to feel first and foremost connected to my adopted family, but also to my heavenly father who always has been with me uh-huh. and being able to, and I just want you to know that there's when that trajectory and that story changes, it changes the trajectory of that young girl. Yeah. And I think that's the story that I want to see more um, rather than turning to the, I want to hear Andy. Uh, we we love Andy, the sheriff in town, and we want him to be able to tell drug use is on the way down. We they're talking about adding onto our jail, and I'm like, man, wouldn't it be great if our uh, jails didn't need to be added onto? Yeah, I mean, wouldn't it be great if all, um, you know, we have the whole like everyone says we need mental health, and I agree, we do in this, but faith is part of that. And what if the number of drug doctors like we hardly have to prescribe drugs anymore? We hardly oh, have yeah. to because people are dealing. There's a new article out, and I just. Like obesity, another thing. I think, why do people have such an obesity area? One, we have good food. We have good grandmas who cook really well <laughs> in this part of the world. But I think it's because people are looking to food to bring a little hope and pleasure into their sure. life. And they don't know they got to stay active. And if they stay active and do something with all these adventures we're doing, they burn off those guys and they feel better. And, they, yeah. and so 
all of it works together. And that's my vision. So I know it's a little bit far flung. I have my specific metrics that I'm measured on. Yeah. That, um, and once again, in the faith area, you can't, you don't control faith decisions, but right. you control the number of students I know. That's right. what I'm measured on. How like that? Yep. I said there's about a hundred plus coming to college. There's about fifty plus that have connections to the middle. Those both need to be metriced up, and yep. I've got those metrics that I'm working on. Yeah, all that's like, awesome. And it's all about relationship and caring and adding on volunteers because, as I said, typically you can only have one person per twelve. So you better have if you want two hundred, you better have that Some number exactly or volunteers or volunteers. Yeah, yep. Exactly. Yep. So, absolutely. So that's where I'm at right now. Wow. It's the five year plan. Um, and I just think it'll be when our city knows those couple tangible and parents know it when teachers know us will have re- arrived so those are my non my more intangible measurements yeah i love that man no you're good you're doing big things um and and keep grinding you're 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 maybe a little further than halfway through are you you're hitting the goals it sounds like that's so. the amazing thing yeah you're even you're in a, through it. a pandemic right and that's crazy that we're it's going yeah, yeah mark that's why i say i believe there's a um yeah as any entrepreneur knows, you got to have something in you that's calling you and moving mm-hmm. you. And I still have that call. And that's forward. awesome. You got to have it. Last question, Keith. What does unfollow the herd mean to you? Mm. Well, the first would being a North Dakota Sioux fan means let's not be the bison. So <laughs> I don't know if you got like that. <laughs> Anyone can but, appreciate that. Exactly. Uh, Grand Forks people can. Hey, Grand so, Forks can. Um, sure. But uh, obviously, the, the the meaning is is that the herd is just going down the road um, almost blindly, just following and. I'm going to go back to the Bible. It's a good pastor would. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus tells the story Let's that the, the road to destruction is wide and many are on it, but the road to life is narrow and few find it. Uh, and unfollow the herd to say, I'm going to look up. I'm going to see this new road. You know, good old Robert Frost. You know, I found oh, yeah. two paths and the one that was least traveled I took, you know? Yeah. And I think there's something beautiful about this idea that there's a creator who made you has a unique story for you. You don't have to just do what everyone else does because that's what, and that my friend is the young life story that I grew up with when I had that, when going back to my seventh grade year, when I had that youth leader who said, Keith, you don't just have to try and be good because to please your parents and try and figure out how to deal with, he goes, God had accepts you just as you are and will give you a new hope and a future and a new life wow. just go your way. And so unfollow the herd. It means be open to that. God loves you just as you are, has a specific plan for you, lean into it. And then you can love others when you know that you're loved already. So those are some of my immediate thoughts. Yeah. And then I obviously like the, the, um, seeing it with you lived out with, I still, I'm going to go back to our day at wild hog. And, uh, I remember, you talking about your business and I remember you saying, yeah, I'm kind of a disruptor. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, And that's what I kind of figured out. Exactly. And I just said, yes, let's bring some new life. And that's what this, if all the herd is, it's new life. Yeah. So you could do, you interchange those two words. I, uh, that's true. It's true. Yeah. I, uh, unfollow the herd is just something that stuck with me. It's, it's really where my life has started and, and where it's going. Yep. I just, you know, finding your path. Um, so Keith, appreciate you, man. Feel it. Hey, can I do, I don't know how many times on podcast you do in a prayer, but can I close in a Let's quick do prayer? It. Okay. Absolutely. Dear God, you have done an amazing thing in Mark's life, his family's life. Um, and I thank you so much for our friendship. I've watched this guy grow up over the years and uh, he brings his zest for life. And I know that it's driven 
first and foremost from his connection with you, God. And I want his listeners to know that he is a man that has been um, seeking you to be the inspiration behind all that he tries to do and the way he cares for people. And I, I know he cares for the people on this podcast. And so we pray for those people on this podcast who will be touched right now that there's a God who accepts them, who loves them, who has a plan for them, who can help them unfollow the herd and go their way knowing that God is with you. And so I pray for favor on all those listeners right now that maybe there's a touch and maybe someone want to do something with Young Life. I'd love to hear from those, but Lord, you do something with each of those folks right now in this moment. You're a God that meets us right where we're at. And I know you're touching someone's heart right now. Amen. Amen. Appreciate you, Keith. Hey, find some links below. Find Keith. Blessed man. Blessed for knowing this man. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you guys in the next one.